In 2011, only 25% of Catalans wanted their state to become independent. Two years later, it was almost a half of them. In 2017, a referendum took place in order to settle the question. But as it didn't mean constitutional requirements, the Spanish government blocked the polls by force and jailed the leaders of the independence movement when the Catalonian government went ahead with it nevertheless. Last month, the Spanish Supreme Court delivered the final verdict and Catalonia responded by violence in the streets. How did we get to this point? A question for today's Eurobabble. You're listening to Radio R. Hello and welcome to Eurobabble. My guest today is Bernard Post from Barcelona, a current student of University of Melbourne and a volunteer for the National Catalan Assembly, a pro-independence organization in Catalonia. Hola, Bernat. Uh, hi. Nice, nice to speak to you. Hello. Uh, it's currently summer in Australia, right? Uh, it is, but not in Melbourne. Today it's been raining all day and it was 15 degrees. Oh, so. I was already ready to like envy you, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cold and foggy yeah. here as well. Of course, you do come from a country that usually gets some better weather, uh, a country or maybe a state uh, on the Iberian Peninsula. What is it exactly that makes Catalonia different from the rest of Spain? Oh, well, uh, I mean, there, there are a few factors, and uh, this probably plays to the argument that pro-independence people will have uh, to be independent. But um, the first thing, and probably the most notorious one, is that we have a different language, which is Catalan. Right. Uh, we, we have a different history. The Kingdom of Spain is quite new as far as kingdoms go. And um, it, it comes from the union of, of three separate kingdoms. And they were the Kingdom of Aragon and Catalonia, which was uh, on the east part of the peninsula, Castilla, which was on the on the middle, and uh, Galicia and Portugal, which were on the left, from a part of the of the western uh, kingdom, and the other two, the the kingdom of Spain was formed, but um, um, our different origins uh, have brought different cultures to. Uh, our region as opposed to uh, the rest of Spain. And the fact that we had a different language has helped us preserve them, mm-hmm. which is which is why today you can tell a difference between the, the cultures in Spain and Catalonia. Okay, and what would be the biggest difference? Oh, well, uh, I would say, obviously, when, when talking about the differences in cultures between countries, it's very easy to fall into uh, stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. But um, the, the cultural literature is different, mm-hmm. which has sprung forward different uh, music scenes. Uh, the gastronomy is different. Um, the language itself is different. Uh, we could talk about uh, many things, I, I <laughs> yeah, could I say. Can yeah, imagine. yeah. Uh, speaking of language, do you, um, when you are like normally talking to your friends and family, do you use Spanish or Catalonian? I usually use Cat- Catalonian. Um, that depends on where one comes from. So about 
about 30% of the population of Catalonia live either in Barcelona or uh, in its surrounding area. Mm -hmm. And in there, there has been much more of a fusion between uh, cultures because uh, there was a lot of immigration from the rest of Spain, which was a bit poorer uh, from the 50s up to the the 90s and, and even up to today. So... Um, I'd say the cultures are much more mixed in the capital and uh, people there do speak probably more Spanish than Catalan. But in the rest of the country, which is where I'm from, I'm from a, a small town right at the border with France, um, Catalan is usually the first tongue. And uh, up until, I would say, up until 15, I only ever used Spanish in school. Mm, moving past language... Um... Although even even though language does make up a part of uh, what I'm going to ask about now, uh, I would imagine that there's like a double identity in Catalonia, feeling both Spain, Spanish and Catalan. What is it with yeah. you personally? Do you feel more Spanish or more Catalonian? So you're absolutely right. Um, and uh, obviously I, I feel more, more Catalonian and I, I would say that's the case for most of the people coming from uh, regional Catalonia and some of uh, of the capital inhabitants too, mm -hmm. yeah. So in Barcelona it would be different probably? Uh, yeah, you can find you can find everything in, in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. There's going to be, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. there's going to be people whose first language is uh, Catalan and who feel Spanish and then there's going to be uh, people whose first language is Spanish and still they want independence. Mm -hmm. uh, either because they fear more more Catalan or because uh, many other reasons. To make a like short summary, uh, why do you believe or why do people believe that Catalonia should be independent from Spain? There are, I guess, there are two parts to this argument. Uh, one is why do we believe we should have the right to to decide, and the other is why do we want it? As for that. Um, there are a number of factors. They're going to be differently weighed for each individual, I guess. Um, firstly, there's the argument of national identity, which, uh, as I said before, I do feel uh, like I'm, I'm Catalan. I don't feel Spanish. I wouldn't identify myself as that. Um, then we have the, the argument of uh, economics, basically, um, Catalonia is one of the richer parts of Spain, but uh, unlike other uh, heavily industrialized regions, such as the Basque Country or Madrid, um, Catalonia um, contributes uh, much, much more highly in terms of uh, taxes paid uh, than, than the other regions. So I think we make up uh, about... 20, close to 25% of Spain's GDP, but we pay through taxes uh, more than that. Uh -huh. We also make up 21% of the population. So uh, accounting for the fact that the personal income tax is probably the biggest um, the biggest tax in Spain, comparing uh, almost 30 against the 21% doesn't really seem fair. And uh, yeah, that, that weighs a lot on people. Um, then there's the question of the survival of the Catalan language, which um, uh, especially in media and as a result in, um, in the Catalan that people use, um, every time it's more and more similar to Spanish, 
So we are adopting um, Spanish words or Spanish uh, syntax that uh, waters down our language and you can you can honestly see how in a hundred years they might converge into being the same language and that's something that I think it would be desirable to to avoid um, a kind of uh, cultural richness and uh, finally uh, there's the the fact that over the last 15 30 and you can probably go back to 300 years uh, Catalonia and the Spain Spanish government institutions have not had the best um, relationship. There's been a lot of abuse, which we can get into later, and um, people are, are tired of that. And they see independence as a way out of this leash that Spain holds over political freedoms. Okay, so in that case, if Catalonia, imagine Catalonia becomes independent uh, today, tomorrow, uh, what would you imagine that the relationship with Spain would be in that case? Well, uh, on the following day, we, I ho uh, hopefully we wouldn't see the military involved. <laughs> okay. Although, <laughs> although it's been it's been threatened, um, I'd say. If Spain recognized the independence of Catalonia, uh, the main issue would be uh, our relation with the European Union. But uh, we would see that a lot of uh, laws and uh, a lot of policies which have not been applied for the longest time would be applied um, at, at on the spot at that same moment. Um, yeah, I guess... There's a lot of proposals once uh, Catalonia becomes independent. But unfortunately, um, since uh, we haven't been able to vote, the conversation hasn't really uh, revolved around what an independent Catalonia would look like, but rather uh, why we should be able to decide our own future. You like touched on the relationship with the EU, and I've read that uh, that's uh, probably a problem that uh, independent Catalonia would face very soon because uh, as it wouldn't automatically become a member of the union, it uh, wouldn't have access to the single market, uh, traveling would be more difficult. Um, is that something that uh, like the independence movement uh, accounts for or has a, has a solution for? Um, yes, yes. Um, there's another argument very similar to this one, which I'll, I'll, I'll get into later. I, I think you'll find it funny, but first I'll, I'll answer your question. Um, so, yes, Catalonia would automatically be outside of the European Union, but because international law prohibits a country from systematically pulling uh, the, the a nationality from a person, all of the inhabitants in Catalonia would still be Spanish and therefore uh, European Union citizens. So their uh, right to travel would not be... So the four uh, basic freedoms of the European Union, which affect the individuals, would not be limited. Um, so Catalonia would then, like, mm, declare independence, but uh, the declaration would include like keeping the Spanish citizenship. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. So, yeah, yeah, Spain Spain would not be able to pull uh, the passport of uh, the seven million and a half Catalans that would leave the country. Um, there would have to be a process to define uh, the relation with the European Union. 
there's a lot of people who actually would not want to be part of the union and would rather uh, be in the um, EFTA agreement with uh, countries right, such yeah. as uh, Iceland or mm-hmm. Norway and such. Um, but I think the transition into being accepted into the European Union would be quite easy, given that Barcelona is uh, a very important commercial port. Uh, it's strategically placed in between uh, the Iberian Peninsula and the rest of the continent. And therefore, I think everyone, every member of the European Union would be interested in in having Catalonia back. So uh, that other argument, which um, is often used by, by Spanish media, is that um, Barca, the football team, would not be able to play in <laughs> the Spanish first division, okay. which, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, seems a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. The Catalans actually were able to vote two years ago, as I mentioned in the beginning, but uh, because the Spanish courts and government said it was uh, unconstitutional, uh, they used military and police force to uh, prevent it from happening. Um, Do you remember what you were doing that day? Uh, Yes, yes, I do. (laughs) So that was a Sunday because um, all... um, all elections are, are held on, on Sundays so that people can attend them. Um, Spain, um, the central government usually controls the polling stations. And so the, the places where people usually go to vote were, were closed. And alternative locations popped up. Most of, um, most of those were schools. But schools are closed on weekends. Um, and so to keep them open, um, I think about about 300,000 people uh, slept in in the schools for uh, for the two nights from Friday, so Friday and Saturday, up to Sunday, protecting the the schools from being closed because um, some uh, uh, police officers uh, were charged well, were were tasked with going up to the schools and and closing them, but they couldn't if there was someone inside them. Um, So I do remember I didn't sleep in in the school of my town, but uh, my father did. I do remember going to see him on on Saturday. And then on on Sunday, I went to vote very early in the morning. Then I accompanied my, my grandfather and my grandmother to vote. And uh, since on the next day I had university, I got on my car and I drove to Barcelona. Before doing that, though, um, the police did come on Sunday. Um, not the riot police, but but just uh, four officers uh, who did threaten that the riot police would come if we didn't move out. And um, our response was there was a lot of people... Um, on that day, in, in every school, just to protect the polling stations. And uh, about 500 people circled the police and uh, a camera from the national uh, TV channel, which is uh, TV3. And uh, people just started shouting, we are going to vote. Uh, and that actually uh, made the news. Well, um, on the first hour because nothing had happened yet. It was a very soft in comparison to what would happen. I do remember going on the highway and seeing um, 
those uh, fortified vehicles of the military police driving to Barcelona. And as soon as I arrived in Barcelona, I went to um, Plaza Catalunya, so Catalonia Square, which is probably the main square of, of the city, where um, there was a, a big screen and a lot of people gathered uh, to follow the results of, of the vote. So yeah, I the, the thing that I most remember of that day, however, is probably the images on television of how the police broke into some polling stations, mm -hmm. hurt people, etc. But you didn't witness which, that yourself. Um, no, no, I did not. Mm -hmm. Luckily, yeah. And so the sleeping over at schools was that a part of your volunteering at the National Catalan Assembly that you mentioned? Um, so uh, the Catalan National Assembly is uh, not uh, not part of the government. It would be a, a non-governmental organization, yeah. although mm -hmm. although the, the means is, uh, is is quite biased. It's uh, to to uh, accomplish the independence of Catalonia. Um, the referendum was organized by the government of Catalonia um, in disobedience. Uh, against the, the central government. So no, I did not organize that. I, I did help in organizing some of the, the massive demonstrations that we have on our national day, which is on the 11th of September, which maybe you'll have uh, seen. I think sometimes they've made international news. I do think so, yeah. yeah. Um, is it like family business for your family, volunteering for the Catalan independence movement? Not really. <laughs> uh, my my dad is very into it. My mom supports independence, but um, she's not too involved. Mm -hmm. um, but no, they they lead normal lives. My mom uh, works for uh, town hall. My dad has a, a company, and um, when when you have to take to the streets, you you take to the streets, I guess. Can you recall what the atmosphere in the country? Uh, was like uh, during the months after the referendum. Yeah, so during during the following week, there was um, there was a, lo a lot of um, anger, and um, people were outraged uh, about the the response from the central government to the attempt to vote. Because here's the thing, if um, if the legal argument for the fact that that referendum is not binding is that it's unconstitutional and therefore that the result is invalid, people who are voting in the eyes of the law are just putting papers inside of boxes. It doesn't have any, any other importance. So there wasn't really a need to crash the polling stations with the, the violence that the, the Spanish police did. Um, on the 3rd of October, we had, a, a one of the probably biggest demonstrations ever in our, in our country where both, um, people who support independence and people who don't, but did not agree with the, the response of the state, um, took to the streets and basically just, um, claimed for, a, a resolution of the, of the conflict, whether it be, uh, an agreed upon referendum, uh, national, uh, international mediation, etc. So th there was a lot of um, anger with the central government, but um, probably there was also a sense of um, hope for the future because we did win the referendum 
and our government um, did promise to carry ahead with the independence um, protocol, I guess. Um, the people also came together, usually when that happens, even like whether it is um, a natural disaster, terrorist attack, or um, in this case, the, the repression of a state, when there's a, a negative force applied to a people, that people usually come together in order to overcome the the, the problem or the obstacle. Um, so it's probably better to talk just about October because uh, a lot of things happened in that month. On the 10th of October, since we won the referendum with 90% uh, of the votes saying yes, granted though that um, the turnout was below 50%, the reason for that number being so low uh, being that people who preferred to stay in Spain, to, so who would have voted no, were encouraged not to vote. And uh, some of the ballots that were cast um, were confiscated by the Spanish police, and uh, therefore those votes were lost. But still, we had um, more than 2 million votes with um, more than 2 million yeses. And therefore, um, the plan to, to declare independence had to go ahead. On the 10th of October, uh, our president declared the independence, but suspended its effects, probably after uh, a rumored call with some officials of the European Union um, that now we see as an, a mistake, an error in judgment, because it, it set us back. We had the strength, probably, um, that week and around that time to withhold the declaration of independence, but we, we didn't. And then, um, after, um, after the, uh, there were warrants of arrest against the, the leaders of our government in October, yeah, in, in the last week of October. So on the 27th, the independence was declared. So that suspension was lifted. However, um, that was symbolic. It, it never went into effect, seeing as the 27th was, was a, a Friday. Mm -hmm. so, so that's when the suspension was lifted. And by Monday, half of the government had left for Belgium and the other half had stayed knowing that they would go to prison. Mm -hmm. Uh, one last question regarding the referendum. You said that uh, people who would have voted no mostly yeah. didn't go to the polls. And also opinion polls suggest that probably uh, if everyone had voted, there would be a slim, very slim majority for the no camp. Uh, how do you think that the referendum would actually turn out if everybody did go to vote and um, if there weren't um, like the re repercussions from the Spanish side? Yeah, so um, that estimate that you just cited, usually um, it's done comparing the, the, the votes for political parties who support independence against the votes for political parties who don't in uh, regular elections. However, um, in elections, you, you shouldn't really count votes. You should count seats. And um, it, it is perfectly legitimate to uh, not want to vote for a political party, a certain political party that supports independence. Um, and if there was a referendum, to vote yes. Because never in an election has there been as 
many votes for these uh, pro-independence parties as there were on the on the day of the referendum for the yes. Um, I saw I saw numbers for a study done last month about a hypothetical referendum, and while the yes falls um, a tiny bit below the fifty percent, I think it was about forty-eight point nine percent. The no yeah, is just uh, well. thirty-five. The no is just 35% because there's a lot of, um, so you can have uh, blank votes, I think they're called, and uh, you can have um, absence from, from voting. There's, there's people who don't vote. So I, I honestly think if there was a referendum, uh, we would win. And I honestly think on that day, if, the, the, if everyone had gone out to vote, I think it would have been... It would have been very close. Um, I, I can't speak of two years ago, but uh, yeah, it was it was close. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. My guest on Eurobubble today is Bernard Post from Catalonia. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Eurobabble. I'm talking to Bernard Post from Catalonia about the recent protests in the state. We've just heard the song Le Porda by the Catalan band Sopa de Cabra. Let's have a closer look at the protests from last month. They began after the Spanish Supreme Court delivered a ruling in the case of the leaders of the Catalan independence movement, with some verdicts being especially harsh. Uh, the difference to previous protests was that this one uh, got quite violent with clashes between the people and the police. Um, what changed yes. this October? Um, well, uh, this time um, I think people were not only protesting against the central government. Um, and I, I don't think this was as calculated a social movement. This was more just... Uh, an an, exp an explosion, a burst of, of uh, repressed feelings and, and frustration. So <clears throat> people took to the streets immediately after the sentence was the sentence was published, which probably means that we didn't really read through the 500 pages of the sentence, um, right? So um, from Probably from from uh, the last elections, which which happened in 2017, after the central government uh, forcibly um, forcibly um, decided to to host them, um, the the whole um, the whole term has revolved around this sentence and uh, how we would respond, and um, to the point uh, which. The, the sentence was the next step in the independence process. It, it almost became like a, a landmark, a milestone where we had to get to in order to take another step. Um, once the sentence was published, uh, the, the, um, it was very harsh. Uh, so it's um, between nine and 13 years for the nine prisoners. Um, that were sentenced, um, people took to the streets immediately. Um, firstly, 
out of anger, protesting against the sentence, um, but also uh, protesting against our own government to do something because from our point of view, it almost looks as if they've been two years in power and have done um, nothing. Um, the um, response from the police was also a little bit more violent than usual. Um, we took pride during probably the, the seven years, so between 2012 and 2019 uh, of uh, massive protests, in, in being very extremely peaceful. We had even kind of a slogan which was uh, not even one paper on the floor. So after two million people uh, protest in Barcelona and have been in like a really, really small space for two hours, then they leave and, and the, the whole floor is, is clean even. Um, even if we've probably protested about um, 15, 20 times this massively, it has uh, brought us nowhere and it's been no use. And um, what the younger people have learned in the country is that doing that, you accomplish nothing but more repression because two of the people who have been jailed, um, it was nine, seven of them were part of the government, two of them were the leaders of um, of civic organizations, one of them being the, the National Catalan Assembly. Um, the only thing they did and the thing that they've been jailed for is getting on top of police cars on the 20, I think it was the 26th of September of 2017 to try to dissuade a public demonstration, which was happening in front of the Ministry of, of Economy, uh, to allow for a, a police committee which was inside the, the ministry um, to leave because they had been ordered by the judge uh, to go there and inspect the, the computers of, of the minister and uh, his aides um, searching for details about the referendum. Um, so if what you see uh, um, after two people get on top of cars and try to get people to leave so that the police can live. And then they're accused of, um, of um, uh, insurgents for uh, not allowing the proper uh, development of the administration of, uh, of the law, which was the, the crime that they were punished for. Um, what you see is that they've been jailed for this. Um, what incentive do you have to keep doing the same thing over and over again. I do have to say, um, it is quite striking um, the difference in treatment by the Western media of the protests in Hong Kong and in, in Barcelona. Because in, in Hong Kong, the, the picture that the media has painted has always been of uh, people that are fighting for their freedom against an oppress uh, against their oppressor, which in this case would be China. Um, and even if there have been clashes with the police, they've been justified. And it hasn't uh, really been associated with violence. Whilst in, in the case of Barcelona, um, the central government was very quick to uh, point out that uh, the protesters were being violent. Um, there has been violence, I'm not gonna deny that, but I would say not as much as it has been advertised. Um, I, 
I think in in the same definition of violence, violence is applied against people, not against things. And most of the spectacular uh, photos that um, made international news was of um, bins and public equipment being burned to form barricades uh, against the police. But force was not being applied against the police. So I would hesitate to qualify that as violence. We have also seen uh, some protesters who have thrown um, rocks or other objects to the police. That's violence uh, fair and square. Like, uh, all right. But that's a very, very small percentage of the of the people who have been protesting. Mm-hmm. You could also see a stark contrast between the protests by day. So... Um, about half a million people took from different parts of the country and walked to Barcelona during three days, um, drawing from the the march freedom that Gandhi uh, did in in for the liberation of India. Um, so they they did that, and uh, images were spectacular. So you could see highways just flooded with people walking for for hours on end. And then at night, you saw these, these clashes with the police. I would say that um, most of the violence has been applied by the police in, um, in trying to respond too aggressively uh, against the, the protesters, um, using means of dissuasion which are uh, banned in Catalonia. Um, there was a, a poor man who lost uh, an eye two years ago and uh, the day of the referendum um, um, as a consequence of a, a rubber bullet um, going straight into his eye. Um, and that sparked uh, public outrage. And so it would be your belief that the police was uh, the force that escalated the violence? Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they've been using illegal means to suppress the the protests, and um, there are tons of evidence of um, non-professional behavior by the police, okay. um, ranging from um, hitting people in the head with with their sticks, which is forbidden. Um, pointing with the rubber bullets, which are illegal, uh, again, to the upper part of the body, uh, which is which is illegal. Um, and um, then there's also been a ton of arrests, seemingly, seemingly random arrests, which uh, they're very worrisome because the crimes that um, the people who have been arrested are being accused uh, for are are very very well they carry very lengthy sentences and um the the justification for that uh, by the police which they have to provide to the judge seems almost less uh, like it is a, a pre-written template which doesn't um does, doesn't tie particular um facts or, or particular um, happenings okay. to the person mm. who is being accused for them. Yeah. How do you think the situation will continue in the coming days and weeks? So, very interestingly, there's a, there's an election in Spain in three days. So this this Sunday, mm-hmm. um, the um, people are angry also about at the leading party in our own government because the Catalan 
police force has also been quite violent, I would say, especially in comparison to how they were uh, in 2017. So I would say there might be a resurgence in in votes for uh, more leftist pro-independence parties uh, in, in in Catalonia, um, which currently are not at the helm of the independence movement. Um, the protests have died down a little bit. Um, it is true, for example, that on Monday, the King of Spain visited um, visited Barcelona and there were protests um, basically with the slogans that uh, we don't have a king and, uh, and whatnot. Um, but I guess they have tied down a little bit. I would say, however, since there is no apparent um, solution to the conflict, either um, there's going to be another um, exercise of the self-determination right, which would be in this case to vote for a constitution. This was proposed by the president of Catalonia, and this would take place on the in the spring. But it is not clear whether he'll have the support to carry it forward. I would say if there's not an apparent way out, people are going to take back to the streets again, especially if they're if the right wins in in Spain, because mm. they are much much harsher than the the left mm. in responding to the the Catalan conflict. Regarding the upcoming elections, what do you think is the biggest issue facing Spain currently as a whole, not just Catalonia but Spain? So I'd say I would say there are two big issues. Uh, the first of them being a looming economic crisis, um, for which uh, the parties propose very very different solutions. Um, and another big issue, obviously, is how to deal with Catalonia, um, which, to be fair, um, has captured all of the public debate. Even if we have parties proposing a 20% increase or a 20% decrease in tax revenue, so uh, which is uh, it is it's insane. Like it's it's um, it's such a a big change uh, to to apply just from one year to the next. Uh, most of the attention has been uh, awarded to the to the response to the Catalan problem. Mm-hmm. Spain was one of the countries that uh, was hit especially hard with the economic crisis ten years ago, and you mentioned that uh, there might be another one coming back. Uh, what's the life of a young person in Spain due to the crisis like these days? These days, um, I, th- I think we're still riding a bit uh, on the the end of the tail of the. Um, expansionist wave that we had for the past five years. There was a lot of uh, growth in our in our GDP and our economy was good. So um, right now, most people my age either work, although the the um, the salaries are not the best, and that's due to internal deflation, um, and um, or they study. Uh, and work part-time. I'd say we're probably going to see a spike in unemployment in the coming year, two years, where uh, probably 
having a living wage might be a bit more difficult than it is now. So now it's not so bad. It was much, much worse um, in 2008 until 2012. Um, then it, it, it was very harsh. That crisis was very harsh, especially on young people, um, where, where we developed uh, the term nini, which would translate to uh, neither nor. Um, and uh, that got big because uh, about 50% of uh, the Spanish population between 18 and 25 neither studied nor worked. And that just spells catastrophe, uh, not only for their own um, financial health for the rest of their lives, but also for the, the public economy as a whole. Spain and Catalonia are our topics today at Eurobabble. We'll be right back after the next song. If you've only turned on the live stream now, you've just caught the beginning of the last part of today's Zero Babble with Bernard Post from Catalonia after Musique de Carrer Bar Charaño. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Current Spanish democracy. <laughs> Great. Current Spanish democracy is not that old, of course. Uh, last month, another piece of news from Spain hit the worldwide news, and that was the exhumation of Spanish fascist dictator Francesco Franco, body from the so called Valley of the Fallen. Uh, how was the people's reaction to this happening? Um, so uh, I have only spoken about this topic with um, my family and a couple of friends from Catalonia, not in the rest of Spain. I know in, in Catalonia, uh, the reaction has been utter ind indifference because this has been a topic that's been talked about for... Uh, probably five years now. Um, we knew two years ago that the decision was taken to um, exhume the the body, and um, the case was just um, stuck in in the courts. So that's why there has been this delay. There has been some outrage on the part of the probably most. Um, fascist sympathizing section of the population so and um the um, the three um right like right on the political spectrum parties did oppose this um but i mean it was uh i guess it's good because um it's probably not okay to have the the leader of the fascism movement in spain buried in the most prominent space of the monument given to those who fell in in the civil war and during the the regime so i guess it's good but again it's just symbolism it it won't really change the daily life and the routine of, yeah, of the population mm -hmm. how was catalonia status back when franco was in power during his regime Catalonia was hit very hard, probably harder than any other region by by the the, the regime. Um, there has been, I mean, obviously, 
Catalonia used to be a thing separate from the Kingdom of Castilia. And so even through the 18th and 19th centuries, there was a, um, a separatist feeling among some of the Catalan population. Um, and so we had our own institutions. Uh, we had our own uh, public symbols, etc. Once uh, the regime of Franco came, uh, we were we were stripped of that. Um, the president of the Catalan government, uh, which is a title that's been in effect since the 13th century. So, for example, the current president is the 131st. So um, that one, which must have been around the 122, 123. Um, he was killed after... Um, a very, very brief um, uh, trial held in, in Spain after Franco won the war. Um, then the the government of Catalonia disappeared. The parliament of Catalonia disappeared. We've brought them back, but they were not in effect for 40 years. And uh, most of the Catalan bourgeoisie um, either sided with Franco or was stripped of their uh, their lands and and their wealth, and um, therefore you had um, you had had an elite class in Catalonia that was um, very succinctly uh, wiped away, like from one year to the next, and um, that sprung in the fact that Catalonia was probably um, missing guidance for about forty years. The use of Catalan was also prohibited, um, so it is a bit of a miracle that it survived. Um, so my my grandfather, for example, has uh, has uh, explained to me uh, uh, before he passed that um, they they did speak Catalan at home, but if they were caught speaking speaking Catalan outside, um, when there were kids, it usually was fine. Uh, the, the police would try to intimidate them, but that that would be it. But um, if you were older than 18, you would be jailed for speaking Catalan in public. So you had um, 40 years of complete, uh, a complete stop in terms of the development of Catalan culture, social life, um, politics, etc. Very briefly, imagine that uh, we move 10 years forward. It's the year 2029. Is Catalan independent now? I think so, yes. It's going to become unavoidable because um, most of the people who do not want independence are elders, and most of the people who do want independence are very young. And as the electorate evolves, so um, more and more people come of age and can vote, um, we're probably going to find ourselves having 70% of the electorate being in favor of independence. And uh, this movement is not dead. Uh, we don't have a solution. So I think we're just going to continue forward. And um, I do think it's possible. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Bernard, for talking to me today. Uh, I was very glad to have you here. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much for having me. It was It was fun. Very good experience. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we've reached the end of today's Eurobabble. Thank you for listening. As always, if you've only heard the end, or so if you want to give us a second listen, uh, you can find us all all the streaming services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Uh, today, my guest was Bernard Pose from Catalonia. 
from the currently foggy and cold heart of Europe in Brno. I'm Matt Veseli. Have a nice day. Si no sta tot estudiat, si la tàctica fa figa, la porte per per els gols, em posaré una cuirassa per si d'entra naps i cols.